1: Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams, joined by my esteemed colleague, Benjamin Wolk. And well, uh, Georgia with a top 10 matchup in Athens, leaves no doubt on the field as they come away with a 52-17 victory. Uh, after a, you know, uh, I guess an inauspicious start for the defense. We thought this might be a shootout, but uh, Georgia kind of took this game over and came away with a convincing victory in a 50, 55 degree weather, rain. But one of the most impressive performances uh, of the last couple of years really for Georgia. And Ben, it kind of seems like the, the bigger the moment, the more this Georgia program steps up against uh, you know a big time opponent.
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, I would have to agree completely. I mean, at, at some point, we'll understand why Georgia gives up pos- touchdowns on the opening possession every defensive possession. Kirby even said today, "Well, I already know they're going to get one." Um, but what this Georgia team has proven time and time again is that there is no challenge too difficult to overcome. In fact, there's no challenge too difficult to still make your opponent, you know, a little bit embarrassed as they're leaving Sanford Stadium. I mean, again. Gave up that opening drive touchdown. Really, I think you could probably draw some positives from that drive. They got him into a third and 14. It was really that 13-yard play on third and 14 that gave them that fourth and short opportunity that they were even able to move the ball. They got a third and six later on in that possession. So really, there were probably some positives to draw from that possession. It's just very difficult when you've obviously given up touchdowns on four straight opening drive possessions. So for the offense to come back, Obviously, give the defense nothing to fret about and realize, all right, you have the freedom to play however it is you want to play because the offense was going to have 600 yards of offense. Carson Beck in the first half seemed to basically be able to do whatever he wanted up until they got aggressive there at the end of the first half with that interception. And so I think this was, to your point, I think this was Georgia's best game of the season. I think it was the best opponent. I think it was the best environment. They had already clinched the SEC East, but it still felt like the biggest stage of the year for georgia and for them to put up 52 points not really have the you know the ole miss offense wasn't really able to do much after the first two possessions of the game i'm with you i think this was georgia's best win of the year so far
1: you know it's interesting we've talked all season long about what's the identity of this georgia team uh you know we did not know really how good georgia was and we've I guess been spoiled with you know season openers last year against Oregon we kind of knew okay this Georgia team is even though they replaced a record number of draft picks they are still for real and honestly I think having Ole Miss at this part of the schedule or this time of of matchup really helped Georgia I think if if they're opening the season against this Ole Miss team. Carson Beck doesn't have the confidence or experience to come out there and just march down the field for four straight 60 plus yard touchdown drives. Uh, You know, and this defense doesn't have uh, the experience, uh, you know, in the front seven to be able to withstand giving up, uh, you know, opening possession touchdown, that confidence level. And and I think uh, it just says a lot to this team of how they've grown up over the season. And I, I think that's really. The epitome of that is C.J. Allen, a guy thrust into action with Jermon Dumas Johnson out, uh, you know, uh, now starting next to Smile Munden, a, a true freshman. And on that first drive, Ole Miss knew exactly where he was and tested him. And, you know, he gave up some, a couple plays. As Kirby Smart said, him him and uh, Raylan Wilson had, had boo-boos is, is what he said out there. But the second and third quarter, uh, C.J. Allen was – Probably the most impressive player uh, on the field for Georgia's defense. So he was playing with you know his his hat on fire and lighting up the ball carrier. Had a big time sack. Uh, was just all over the field and ultimately led both teams in tackles in this game. So I, this was a you know a huge game for him confidence wise. But just going back to like you said, Mike Bobo uh, calling the game of his life uh, all week long. I guess we were taught this was going to be a shootout. The offensive guru, Elaine Kiffin, Uh, this was Mike Bobo's, uh, I guess, not coming out party, but it's a reminder that he still knows how to call plays with some outstanding play calls in this game. And as you mentioned, over 600 yards of offense. So I think you got to give him a lot of credit as well.
0: You know you mentioned what we're still trying to figure out sort of what is the identity of this team and I think the more that it has gone on I think the defense is sort of what it is like Kirby said I you know he expects them to give up an opening drive touchdown but they buckle down after that I think the identity of this team is offensively there are just too many ways for Georgia to beat you I mean it you know obviously it would We'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Brock Bowers came back. I can't believe we're already several minutes, five minutes into this podcast, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that Superman returned. But it doesn't matter. Wherever you look, when Brock was out, somebody else stepped up. It's Ladd McConkey, it's Dominic Lovett, it's Marcus Rosemy Jack Saint, it's Ra Ra Thomas. You look at the running game tonight. I mean, Kendall Milton I think had his best game of his Georgia career. Kirby mentioned it, that it was the hardest that he's run or seen him run since he's bounced back from injury. He obviously had a sensational game. Dejon Edwards did what Dejon Edwards does. He's so sound. His vision's unbelievable. He's slippery. He picks up the first downs that you need him to. But even the young guys, Andrew Paul got in and scored a touchdown. Roderick Robinson ju- busted an explosive run. And so I think when you really start, if you put yourself in the shoes of an opposing defensive coordinator and you say, how do we stop this team? There aren't many answers. I think it's why you see, and you know, this is Lane Kiffin's MO, but that's why you see Lane Kiffin going for it on fourth down in his own territory early. It's why you see him faking a punt when he's down 14, because you know that there's not going to be many answers for this offense. And if you're going to beat this team, you're going to have to hang half a hundred to, to hang with them. And I don't think there's many teams out there that can do it. I think today showed that, you know, Carson Beck is just, we've, we've, it's probably tiresome at this point. We mentioned how calm, cool, collected he seems to be, but there is never a moment that's too big for Carson Beck. Anytime Georgia is down, it seems like they bounce back with a scoring drive. Most recently, they've been bouncing back with touchdown drives. So I just think that when we really start to draw up the recipe for how does a team on, on its schedule, obviously Tennessee coming up, Georgia Tech the following week, and then Alabama, and then a hopeful playoff spot, what do these teams do to restrict what George is able to do offensively? I just think that the answers are close to none.
1: Yeah, going back to back, uh, this is now the tenth game in a row. Obviously, his tenth career start, at the he's thrown for three hundred or more yards. He did that with only twenty five pass attempts tonight. Was not sacked, and honestly, that interception that was a deflection off Dominic Lovett. So, you know, I know that uh, that counts towards an interception on on his uh, stat sheet, but. We got to find a way to, you know, when wide receivers uh, deflect the ball, uh, that sh- it shouldn't count as an interception to quarterback. We got to figure out a way to, to kind of add an asterisk next next to that stat. But uh, now, ten games in a row, three hundred yards or more—that uh, is, uh, you know, uh, a performance that, if, if I'm looking back, uh, not three hundred, two hundred fifty yards or more in ten games, I think. Or, mm-hmm. But uh, I think Stetson Bennett last season had nine games uh, with 250 yards more. So he's already surpassed Stetson last season as far as just his output on every single occasion. And then uh, you look at this offensive line. You know, on that second drive, you got Amarius Mims back on the field at right tackle. Xavier Trusson goes to left tackle. Uh, they rotated him in with with Ernest Green. So now they have their their three man rotation back at offensive tackle. They're rotating their three guards in now, so really, for the first time, Georgia has all of his offensive uh, weapons on the field at the same time, and and you get over 50 points in this game. And I think you, you have to, if we're g- gonna pass credit around to everyone, let's let's give some to Stacy Serrells and this offensive line because uh, those holes for the running backs were were massive. Uh, Carson Beck was able to do whatever he wanted back there safely, uh, was never really in danger. Um, and honestly, was able to roll out and and, and reel off a couple big runs as, as Mike Boba used his entire or pulled out some new pages of the playbook that will uh, opposing defense will, will now have to take into account uh, the legs of Carson Beck. Uh, so right now you have to look and this is the most complete performance by Georgia this season. And uh, uh, this is a team that now we will can honestly say is. Deserving of being number one probably in those college football playoff rankings next week.
0: Yeah, I would agree completely with that. I mean, I think with the caliber of Ohio State's wins diminishing, I think that Georgia has probably secured that number one spot. A couple other housekeeping notes as well. 27 straight wins. I think that puts him ahead of Nick Saban for most in the SEC and one behind Paul Bear Bryant. Um, so, you know, Kirby acknowledged that it was rare air tonight, but definitely doesn't like to acknowledge those types of things so much. Did clinch the SEC East, which I think we've mentioned already. That was actually done before Georgia even kicked off because of Tennessee's loss. So it will be Georgia and Alabama and Atlanta this year. I think this is the last year without divisions, and I think that Georgia versus Alabama in Atlanta is the way that it should be for the last year without divisions. So, um, yeah, just now that, you know, Georgia has clinched, the East. We sort of know what the forecast for this season is going to look like going forward. Um, I'm really just excited for this closing stretch that George has got.
1: And as Kirby would tell you right now, he's not thinking about Alabama. Uh, he said after uh, the game that they will begin Sunday preparing for Tennessee. And just like that, we will turn the page to Tennessee as the volunteers are now seven and three. And uh, we will begin discussing Tennessee next week. But for this edition of the junk Car Dogcast, I'm Kip Adams. This is my esteemed colleague, Benjamin Wolf signing off.